0: This is Episode 8, Negative Emotions. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast. My name is Jessie Ellertsen, and this is a podcast for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of frequent deployments and trainings, but want to stop feeling mentally miserable in the process. You know what to do, and you're doing it, all while holding down the fort at home. But you are weary from living in survival mode and battling with your brain. If you are ready to thrive, then you are in the right place. Our battle buddy moment is from a review from Lisa, and she says, Jesse has a very unique way of coaching without fear of judgment, but with encouragement and knowledge that you can control even the uncontrollable. She is patient, thoughtful, and a good listener. She doesn't just talk at you, but teaches you how to help yourself in a variety of situations. Love this girl. Thank you so much for that review, Lisa. I want to talk to you guys for just a minute today about what I'm calling a podcast party that I'm going to have this week. And I'm going to be publishing a new episode every day this week in an effort to really promote my podcast. I'm going to actually have an awesome giveaway of three airPods and there's several ways that you can get entries into that giveaway. Some of them are subscribing to this podcast, leaving a review will give you an entry. Um, every military wife that you share my podcast with via email or text, if you send a link to my podcast to them that's an entry, each person that you share it with. Every podcast episode that you've listened to, is an entry into the giveaway and if you send me an email at podcast at simply and tell me which of these things that you've done then I will put your name into the drawing that many times and again I'm giving away three AirPods, and I'll be doing that on Saturday night of this week so come back each day for a new episode and Send me that email with with the entries that you have into my podcast party, my big giveaway, and let's see if we can get this podcast some real traction and out to the people. So when I get reviews and shares and ratings and subscribers, that's what makes it show up more and more on iTunes as people search for podcasts like this. So it's a huge help to me when you're willing to do that. So thank you so much in advance for your support and for getting excited about my podcast party and participating. Like I said, today we're going to be talking about negative emotions. And that might sound like kind of a bummer to some of you, but I think learning about negative emotions is actually just hugely freeing and really creates space for them in your lives and so that we stop telling that story of I shouldn't be feeling this way. So I really believe that negative emotions are a necessary part of living this mortal life, of being human and that When I remember that and when I remember that I should be feeling positive and negative emotions throughout different parts of my day, different parts of my week, different parts of my life, I feel so much better when those negative emotions occur. So I want to give you four ways that we can respond to negative emotions. Three of them are less effective and one of them is the best way, in my opinion, to respond to a negative emotion. So my analogy for this is actually like a a beach ball, like you're in a swimming pool and you have a beach ball. And here are the four ways that you can respond to that negative emotion. So the first thing that you can do is resist a negative emotion. And what this looks like with the beach ball is imagine holding that beach ball under the water in an attempt to have it not be there, to have it go away, to have it not be visible, right? And so with so much energy and persistent energy and using up your strength and never being able to stop resisting it, you're holding that beach ball under the water because as soon as you let go, it pops back up to the surface. And just think of a time when you feel like that's happened to you with a negative emotion where you were resisting it, suppressing it. And later, sometimes quickly, sometimes much later, it comes kind of exploding out of you in in a way that is usually pretty undesirable and much stronger than the initial negative emotion. The second thing that we can do with negative emotions is we can react to them. And so this looks like, you know, not wanting the beach ball to be there. And so you try to like hit it out of the pool or, you know, take that kind of action against the beach ball. And what that looks like in real life is you kind of act out the emotion. So say something happens that brings up like the emotion of anger. I can acknowledge it as anger and uh, respond to it in certain ways or I can react to it by actually like acting out the anger. So that might look like yelling or you know, snapping at somebody or even like hitting, punching a pillow or, or screaming or just any of that is like reacting to the negative emotion. The third option for how to respond to negative emotion is to avoid it or ignore it. This is often people's favorite one and it looks like for the beach ball analogy, it looks like you're in the pool with the beach ball, but you're trying not to look at it. You're even covering your eyes so you won't see it. You're turning your back on the ball, but it's still there, just floating around in the pool with you, and you're just trying to pretend like it's not there. And in real life, it's you know doing that same thing with a negative emotion, just trying to you know say there's um, embarrassment or awkward, an awkward feeling between someone or about a situation. Rather than let yourself think about it and feel kind of that discomfort, you pretend like it never happened, you don't let yourself think about it, you distract yourself, you turn your back on it, you fill up your brain and your time with lots of other things so that you can avoid and ignore that negative emotion. Now the fourth way to respond to a negative emotion, and you guessed it, this is the one that is actually the very effective one and very productive one and very healthy one, is to just simply allow the emotion. And so what that looks like in the beach ball analogy is that you actually watch the beach ball. You call it by its name. You say, there you are, beach ball. I see you. I see you in the pool with me. And you even swim with it. You almost like welcome it in knowing what that's going to do to actually resolve the negative emotion. So in the, in the real world with the negative emotion, you know, say you're feeling some anxiety about something you say, there you are, anxiety, I see you. Like, I'm very familiar with you. I know you're here. I'm working on my models to figure out why you're here. I'm going to call you by your name. I'm going to welcome you in, which can feel pretty scary because sometimes we feel like if we welcome in these negative emotions, they might never leave. But it's actually a really beautiful process of, one, I mean, in the beach ball analogy, it would still be in the pool with you. But in real life, it it's not a problem to have it be there. That negative emotion, and then it actually subsides on its own. It resolves on its own. With the first three options, we are resolving it by taking those actions of either resisting, reacting, or avoiding the negative emotion. But to actually just allow it, it will resolve on its own. And we have this pattern of doing one of those first three things, thinking that this is the way that I need to take action to resolve this negative emotion. But it's a pretty interesting thing. Sometimes I like to think about it as like a wave in the ocean too. Like if you're out kind of where you can't touch, you, and the wave is coming. Not Not like a big scary wave. I think of this as kind of those big rolling ones where it kind of picks you up with it, and then it just moves on by right? So you ride the wave up and then it goes out on its own and you you were able to stick with it that whole time. and And at no point did you say like there shouldn't be waves in the ocean. Like we all just know that there are. And that's just a really powerful place to come from in your life of like in life there are negative emotions. And if I spend time thinking like I shouldn't have to feel this or that shouldn't have happened, that resistance and that reaction and that avoidance actually really amplify the feeling. So one thing I love about self-coaching models when we're starting to feel these feelings, like I gave that example of anxiety, sometimes we don't know why the anxiety is there. And when a feeling is mysterious to us of as to why it's occurring, I also think that makes it feel a lot bigger. And so when we take the time either right in the moment or later as we reflect back on the moment to write it out in a model, we resolve all of that mystery. So if we're able to identify the thought that came before the anxiety or whatever negative feeling you're experiencing, then the mystery is completely resolved as to why you were feeling anxiety in that moment. And resolving that mystery is very empowering to me to not wonder why it happened and to also know, okay, this is probably gonna happen again and next time I'll be more aware. I'll know it's coming, I'll be ready for it. And I have my game plan now of allowing the negative emotion rather than doing one of those other things. Some powerful thoughts for me when I'm feeling a negative emotion that is necessary, that doesn't need to be um, resolved quickly or that I know is just going to be around for a while. And that's totally okay, is I think a sentence like this is the part of my day where I feel some anxiety, like every morning when I wake up, I I I don't feel this personally, but I've actually heard uh, my teacher, Brooke Castillo, talk about this. And I think it's really powerful that she was willing to share that because she's obviously, uh, you know, like a master life coach, has all these tools, knows how to manage her mind. Yet every morning she wakes up feeling anxious and she deals with usually, you know, maybe an hour or more of just quite a bit of anxiety in the morning. For some reason, the morning is when that really comes for her. And it used to be really perplexing to her and confusing and mysterious. But now that she can write out models and see that her thoughts are just really tending that way in the morning. And then she can also just call it what it is, that it's anxiety. And then she can also just accept it as this is just the part of my day or the part of my morning where I feel some anxiety. And then it actually resolves so quickly rather than when she's doing one of those other three things of resisting the anxiety, reacting to the anxiety, or trying to avoid the fact that she's feeling anxious. All three of those things actually increase the anxious feelings. Another way that sentence can play out is when you say, this is the part of my life where I feel. And so this might be something more like you might be grieving the loss of a loved one and you might be kind of tired of feeling so sad about it. But at the same time, you want to be sad about it because you are you are so sad that they've passed away. And so you might just reassure your brain like, this is just the part of my life where I feel sad a lot of the time. And then your lower brain just knows like, oh, okay, we don't have to resist this or avoid it because this isn't who we're going to be forever. This is just the feelings we're choosing to feel on purpose right now. And there's not a problem at all. We can handle these negative feelings. We can handle this discomfort. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is kind of two categories of negative feelings. And I think that it's really important to understand these two categories because one category is what I like to call indulgent emotions. And they keep us stuck and they are unproductive emotions and they are kind of a trap that are often our lower brain is offering us these indulgent emotions. And I've mentioned it a little bit in the podcast episodes before this. And the other category are also negative emotions, but I call them like unwanted, but necessary and like healthy negative emotions. So I'm going to give you a bunch of examples of both. So we're going to start with indulgent emotions. And one that I mentioned in a previous episode was confusion and indecision. I know we talked about that a little bit. And I also know that I mentioned that the reason I like to use the word indulgent is because it's, it reminds me of like eating chocolate. Like it feels good right in the moment to eat the chocolate, but the problem, the stress, whatever it was that you thought, oh, I just need a piece of chocolate is never resolved by eating the chocolate. It's still just there when you're done. So an indulgent emotion is like eating that chocolate. It's saying, Maybe this will make me feel better, but really it just kind of stalls you out and then the issue is still there. So some more examples are doubt, worry, overwhelm, complaining, overreaction, drama, self-loathing, frustration, self-pity, busyness, stress, apathy, and resentment. And there's even more than that, but those are some of my favorite ones and some of the ones that my brain tries to offer me thoughts that will take me these places because it seems kind of like that immediate, quick fix, even though it's often just prolonging the problem. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, Resentment is one that for some reason my lower brain loves to offer me. So last year when my husband was deployed, I I have this really vivid memory of sitting down to change another diaper. We're probably about halfway through the deployment. He was gone for a year and we have two, we have six kids, but two of them are little. And my brain offered me this thought of, you shouldn't have to do this alone. You shouldn't have to change another diaper. And that takes me straight to resentment. Thoughts like that take me straight to like, you're right. I shouldn't have to do this alone. He shouldn't have left me you know, this is all too much for just one person. Now, obviously, it's not just about the diaper. Changing one diaper is no big deal, but it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. I was letting all of the tasks that were on my shoulders build and build and build. And all of those, those things were also being accompanied by these thoughts of this is too much. I shouldn't have to do this alone. Parenting is for two people. These are some of the thoughts my brain loves to offer me. And when I'm sitting there changing that diaper, and I'm thinking, I shouldn't have to do this alone. And I just go straight to that resentment, which for me feels awful. I really do not enjoy resentment at all. But it's that chocolate. It's that, oh, this, this kind of this anger or this resentment feels better than changing the diaper, maybe like right in that moment. But long term, it does nothing for me. And so because I had the tools at this point, not right in that moment, but a little later, I was able to sit down and write out a model on what this was creating for me. You know, the thought, the circumstance is I have a baby in diapers, who wears diapers, right? And the thought was, I shouldn't have to change one more diaper. I shouldn't have to do this alone. And then my feeling that was created from that thought was resentment. And the actions that I take from resentment are... Not wanting to talk to my husband when he calls, even though I miss him and I want to talk to him. But when I'm swimming in that resentment, I'm kind of mad at him, like irrationally mad at him. (laughs) And I also am not as pleasant with my children and I'm not really enjoying being inside my head and inside my body. I'm feeling grumpy and I'm feeling like a victim and I'm feeling, I'm not feeling very capable and I'm just wishing for a break. I'm wishing that it could just be someone else's responsibility for a while instead of mine. So when I really took a look at that model and the results that it was creating for me, which were to not be the mom that I want to be and not be the wife that I want to be, I realized that those indulgent emotions are just taking me to a place that I do not want to be. So I wrote out that unintentional model, which is what we call it when that's the one that's kind of just happening without us guiding it. And I got a good look at it and I could really show my lower brain like, Changing the diaper is not why I'm feeling resentful, but thinking I shouldn't have to change this diaper or I shouldn't have to do this alone is what is creating the resentment for me. I got a really good hold on that unintentional model and then I created my intentional model. And I started with the feeling line because the resentment, which was, was what was sticking out so strongly to me. And my feeling line, I decided the way I wanted to feel was I wanted to feel empowered. Empowered. Now I use this word, but for me, I just want you to know that the word empowered for me means up to the task. Now that's like four words and not as pretty on the feeling line. So I I use the word empowered, but that's what I'm thinking in my head. Like I want to feel up to the task of being a solo parent for a year, which involves asking people for help, Taking care of myself, getting breaks when I need it, but being up to the task of doing what is on my shoulders, completing my responsibilities, and taking amazing care of myself along the way. So I put empowered on my feeling line, and then I went up to um, my 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 circumstance stays the same as you guys know. So you know, changing the diaper. How do I want to feel when I'm sitting down to change that one more diaper, right? Or you know, four or five diapers a day, really. And I had to find a thought that would take me to Empowered. And it took me probably a day or two actually of just mulling it over in my mind and trying on different thoughts. But the thought that I came to that has been so powerful for me is as simple as who better than me or another version that's very similar is thank goodness there's me to change this diaper. Thank goodness there's me to help them with this homework. Who better than me? to drive my kids to, you know, soccer practice. Like my lower brain is saying, like, it should be somebody else, but truly, rationally, completely, I want it to be me. I'm their mom. I want to be the one. I am the one. I'm the best one to take care of my kids. And I found a thought that brings my lower brain onto the same page. And so when my lower brain offers me those resentful thoughts of this shouldn't have to be me, I'm able to answer my brain in the moment because I now have that game plan of that intentional model and say, it's absolutely me. I'm the best one. Who better than me? And I love saying, thank goodness there's me because that is a huge and important practice for me to be thanking myself every step of the way. That's another really great antidote to that resentment is I thank myself for all that I do every day and it's huge because I used to look to other people to receive that gratitude and that thanks and I still get it from them and I still love to get it from you know my kids and my husband when they say thank you for all that I do for them but I fill myself up first with all of my own gratitude and then everything that they give me in that department is just like a beautiful layer of frosting on top of my cupcake like I mentioned in another episode Anyway, I love that topic of indulgent emotions and I want you guys to really take a look at what your lower brain is offering you as kind of an answer or a solution or like medicine to a problem that you're having. Is it offering you drama? Is it offering you self-pity, apathy, resentment, confusion? Is it offering you worry as a, a method for a quick resolve to this problem? And then just see what that feeling is creating for you as you take a look at that. Okay, let me give you a couple examples of these negative emotions that are actually, they're still kind of unwanted. They're not super comfortable or pleasurable, but they are healthy and productive and worth doing that fourth option of allowing. These ones are really worth allowing where the other ones, I would I would suggest that you actually make a new model to steer clear of indulgent emotions rather than resist react avoid or or allow we're actually going to completely steer clear of them if possible and again like i mentioned in the previous episode if you do decide to or if you do notice yourself feeling those indulgent emotions you can always use it as an opportunity to beat yourself up but that never takes us great places so don't do that Just call it what it is. Say, I'm indulging in a little stress right now. It's not resolving my problem. It's not my long-term solution. I'm indulging in resentment. I'm indulging in doubt or worry. And the more you just notice that playing out for you, the more you'll be able to get a handle on it. Okay, so to the negative emotions that are actually healthy and useful, some examples of these are boredom, hunger, failure, dissatisfaction, insecurity, anger, nervousness, pain, lack, loss, sacrifice, sadness, disappointment, discomfort, and fear. And again, there's a lot more than that, but I just, those are some of my favorites that I find coming up in my life and ones that I've decided to feel on purpose and I allow them. I I've watched them float around in the pool with me, and I say, okay, right now, I'm just feeling some boredom, and this is not a problem at all, and the boredom can just be in the pool with me, swimming around. I'm just going to call it what it is, acknowledge it, allow it, let it be here, and then watch it subside on its own. The only time boredom is a problem is when we let our lower brain offer us thoughts like, We shouldn't be feeling bored. This is a big problem. Let's do something to distract ourselves or be less bored. Another one, another example would be like dissatisfaction. Another good example would be failure. We all logically understand that failure is just an essential part of life and that we actually learn so much from failure. But when we are in the middle of a failure, our lower brain is losing its mind and it's offering us so many thoughts like, see, we should have never tried this. See, we didn't prepare enough. See, now everyone's going to know we're a failure. It offers us so many thoughts of why failure would be a problem. And we can just look at it like a beach ball, allow it into the pool with us, allow it to swim around with us, call it by its name. Say, this is just a failure. I'm feeling failure. I'm feeling like I have failed. I'm allowing it to be here. I am rationally understanding failure is an important part of success. Failure is an important part of learning. And it's an important part of this life. And it will subside so much more quickly and you'll be more willing to fail in the future, which will create really amazing results for you. I'm going to end with a pretty amazing quote that is from my textbook from Life Coach School. And so it's from Brooke Castillo. And it really captures this second category of negative emotions of ones that are that we feel on purpose. And she says, when someone dies... And people will. We want to feel grief, even though we know that death is part of the human experience. When someone abuses us, we want to feel angry, even though we know abuse is part of the human experience. When we lose, we want to feel disappointed, even though we know this feeling is optional. We want to feel horrified when the negative happens, not because it should not be a part of our experience, but because it is part of our experience." And I love that quote because it just nails it of when these negative, uncomfortable, challenging emotions come our way, we have two options. We can welcome them in knowing when I lose someone, I want to be consumed by grief for a little while. Or we can go kind of that less productive and greater suffering route of this person should never, like I shouldn't ever have to feel grief. People shouldn't die. This shouldn't happen. And I would just like to encourage you guys to take a look at all the negative emotions in your life, start to categorize them into these two categories, and watch your lower brain want to rescue you from negative emotions. And when it's the positive or when it's the productive negative emotions, just reassure your lower brain like, no, this is one I want to feel on purpose. You'll be amazed to see how quickly that wave subsides when you welcome it in, when you call it by its name and when you allow that negative emotion. And when you get to a point where you're not afraid to feel negative emotions, your world will completely open up for you. That is one thing, that's one of the biggest things that I can take away from what I have learned doing mind management and becoming a life coach is I am truly willing to feel any negative emotion. And because of that, I am limitless. My options are all available to me and there's nothing that I am not willing to try, willing to feel or able to accomplish because of getting a hold on processing negative emotions. We're going to wrap up this episode with a couple of our segments. So uh, my hot mess moment for this episode is um, about five years ago when my husband was on a different deployment I had a big accident that I'm actually going to tell you guys about in another episode, but I slipped in the snow and I broke four bones in my leg right after he left. He'd been gone for about two weeks of a year-long deployment when this happened, and it was very discouraging, and it took months of recovery and was just one of the hardest things I've ever been through in my life. And again, I will I will do a, an episode just around this incident because I have a lot I want to share there. But I want to tell you about three months into this whole ordeal, I was really low. I was really low. I was struggling through physical therapy. I was wanting to be all the way better so that I could be the mom of my kids and get back to taking care of my responsibilities. And I had received a Reed Drummond, who is the pioneer woman, I had received her cookbook for Christmas and I was sitting in my recliner with my leg propped up and decided to read her cookbook, which is kind of an interesting thing because you don't usually read cookbooks, but hers is actually totally enjoyable and just really delightful with lots of pictures and stories. And she's a photographer too, so just lots of beautiful images of her ranch and her food and her family. And so I read her cookbook from cover to cover. This is, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the yellow one. I'll link to it in the show notes. It's yellow and has like orange flowers on it, I think. And I read it from start to finish and I even got to the very end where the glossary is. And that's usually kind of when you shut the book and, and move on because what would be after the glossary? But I just kept going. I just kept turning pages A, B, C, all the way through the glossary. And there's only like two pages left and I turned this last page and on the second to last page, basically, is just a full page photo of a cowboy's rear end. <laughs> basically, uh, I just really just zoomed in right on his butt and he's in jeans and he's wearing, you know, kind of those, I don't know, chaps or whatever they're called. And she's got cowboys in her whole book because she lives on a ranch and they run that ranch. And so they employ lots of cowboys and her husband's a cowboy. And it's just this huge full page picture of a cowboy's butt and it took me so off guard I I just thought the book was over and I don't even know why I was still turning pages and I wonder if how many people actually find this picture if you have her cookbook you've got to go check it out right now anyway I laughed for probably almost 20 minutes I could not stop laughing I wanted to stop laughing because my stomach hurt so bad but I couldn't it I was just so low and it caught me so off guard that I was like uncontrollably laughing and I would kind of get it under control. And then I would just start again. I couldn't, I've never had an experience like that in my life, but it was just something that I'll never forget because it brought so much joy and pleasure and happiness into that day, just out of nowhere, just really a surprise. And you just never know what, little thing is going to bring you out of those low moments. So that's kind of my hot mess moment for today. Um, those hot mess moments are sometimes funny stories, sometimes embarrassing stories. I'm always trying to just do like a reality glimpse into my life. I also just really enjoy telling stories. So I like it to just be a chance for me to do that. And if you ever have um, a story or a hot mess moment that I can share on my podcast, just go ahead and send it to me at podcast at simplyresilient.net. I'm going to skip my in the trenches moment for this episode because I already gave you that self-coaching moment when I coached myself out of that resentment. And we'll just end with our mission for the episode, which is to ask yourself what are your three main emotions that you feel every day and and why maybe those are your main ones. And then also take a look at what three emotions are what I want to feel every day, like am I feeling the three I want to be feeling or would I want them to be different? And then like I already mentioned, start to watch the negative emotions play out in your life and see if you're doing one of those resist, react, or avoid responses or how often you're allowing the negative emotion and watch for those two categories of indulgent emotions that are completely unproductive or the negative emotions that are healthy and productive for you. So just start to gain that awareness. Take a look at at all those areas. What are you feeling? What are you doing with what you're feeling? What do you want to be feeling? And just start to really get some awareness over indulgent emotions and the healthy negative emotions. Because like I always say, that awareness is what creates authority. And that's what we're looking to create in our minds is authority over the way our brain works so that we are in charge of it. Thank you for listening and making time in your day. If this podcast resonates with you, send an email to jessie at simplyresilient.net to schedule a free mini session and see if working with me would be a great fit for you. Remember, when we choose to intentionally manage our minds, we go from feeling mentally miserable to feeling like a mental warrior. You've got this. I'll talk to you soon. Over now.